Our scripture comes from Genesis 32, beginning with verse 22. Listen, this is the word of God. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the fort of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him his name. What is your name? Or the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Awesome. Thank you. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your word and for the truth that it teaches us. And Lord, as we consider it this morning, Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts to, to what you want to teach us today and that we might take a lesson from this time that Jacob wrestled with you that we can apply in our own lives. And we pray all of that, Lord Jesus, in your name, and we pray it for your glory alone. Amen. So today, today we're, this morning, we're going to talk about wrestling, and uh, not that physical sort of wrestling that you watch on TV and it happens in a ring. My grandfather called that wrestling, and uh, you did not talk to him if it was on. I mean, you just sat there quietly, didn't dare interrupt him. Uh, what I want to talk about is that kind of wrestling that, that mostly goes on in our minds, and that I am convinced that all of us engage in almost every single day. And you know the kind of wrestling I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, it, it's that kind of wrestling. Sometimes we wrestle to make a decision. Should I stay or, or should I go? Do I say yes or do I say no? Do I go to McDonald's or do I eat the healthy lunch that I brought in with me? That's the decision I was wrestling with when I was working on the message. So I decided to stick it into in the notes of what I was going to say. Uh, we wrestle to make decisions at times. And, and then there are times once we make a decision that we have to wrestle to follow through with the decision that we made. Uh, just a few weeks ago, we kicked off 2023. How many of you have made a New Year's resolution? A lot of you did, even if you didn't raise your hand. You resolved, this is going to be the year. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to read my Bible every single day. And now we're 1st of February, and we are wrestling to keep those resolutions. And in a similar sort of way, sometimes we wrestle to be obedient. We know what's right, we know what's wrong, we know what we're supposed to do. Those of us who follow Jesus, we know what God wants us to do. He wants us to love our neighbor and to love our enemy and to live generously and to obey all that Jesus commanded. But sometimes, sometimes it's hard to do. We know what's right, we know what's wrong, but, but sometimes that temptation kind of creeps in. 
And it's hard to resist doing what we know we shouldn't do. Uh, in the New Testament, one of the early leaders in the church, a guy by the name of Paul, and, and I always tell people, if you ever find yourself not liking Christians, you'd love Paul, because Paul couldn't stand Christians until he became one. And, and Paul, uh, he ends up writing most of the New Testament, uh, but he described that sort of wrestling. He, he says it's that kind of wrestling. He wrote it into a, a letter to a church in Rome. He says that struggle between the desire of your flesh and the call of God's Spirit. And this is what he says in chapter 7 of that letter. He says, listen, I can't explain my actions, and here's why. I'm not able to do the things I want, and at the same time, I do the things I despise. And, and some of us understand that kind of wrestling. And then some of us, and, and this is, I, I believe, especially true when it comes to matters of faith, we, we wrestle with doubts with questions that, that we need answers for. And we wonder, will God really do what he promised? Can, can I really trust him? Am I really hearing from God? I mean, sometimes we'll even wonder if our faith is real. I mean, we wrestle. We wrestle with doubts and decisions and, and, and to try to do what we know we're supposed to do. And, and my guess is some of you, if you really stop and think about it, some of you have some place in your life where you are wrestling right now with a decision you have to make, with, with trying to live the, the way you know you're supposed to live, uh, but maybe even with doubts or, or questions about God. Some of you are wrestling right now, and if you are, I'm so glad you're here today because here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you one important step that everyone who is wrestling needs to take. Just one step. Take this step. It will make it easier to make a decision and, and to deal with your doubts and, and to live the way that you know that you're supposed to live. And we find that one step in, in this account of a time that, that, that Mia and Keegan just read for us, uh, this time when a, when a guy named Jacob is wrestling with God. Now, for those of you who are guests, we've got a lot of guests today, and those of you who might be here for the first time, this year as a church, we are making our way, uh, I just had God put this on my heart last fall, and so uh, we are making our way through the entire Bible, Gen very first words of Genesis all the way to the last page of Revelation. I keep telling people Christmas is going to be weird because we're going to be in Revelation at Christmas, but uh, we're working our way through the entire Bible uh, this year, and, and what we're discovering is that the entire Bible, the whole book is actually the Jesus story. It's all a book about Jesus. It's the gospel, the, the word gospel. Some of y'all know this. Gospel means what? Good news. The word gospel means good news. The whole Bible is, is the good news about Jesus. And, and so we've been working our way uh, through that whole story, the story about Jesus. And, and over the last several weeks, during January, we've really kind of laid the foundation for the gospel story. And we started in the beginning with, with creation, and then we looked at the fall and God's plan to put it back together again. And, and we looked at stories about forbidden fruit and floods and promises that got made. And it was all part of a restoration plan. And today we get to this wrestling match. And, and we'll see in a moment, this wrestling match is part of that restoration plan. Now, if you're new here, people have been here for a while know this, I love it when everybody follows along with me. So grab a Bible. There's some in the racks right in front of you. If you're on the front row, they're under the uh, rack right under you. Understand? Everybody grab a Bible. 
And for those of you who are just sitting there like this and not grabbing a Bible, you struggle, you're wrestling with obedience right now, and, um, and you need to go ahead and get it. Um, so go ahead and grab a Bible, really easy to find, very first book in the Bible, pull it up on your phone or your tablet, but grab a Bible, and uh, very first book in the Bible, Genesis, and we're going to be in chapter 32. We're going to look at the story that Keegan and Mika uh, just read for us, and you guys are going to have to share down here, so quit fighting. Um, all right, so while you're finding it, let me kind of set the context for you. Back in chapter 12, God's come to this man named Abram, later changes his name to Abraham, and God says to Abraham, let me make a promise with you, promise to you, promise through you, that that I'm going to establish in you a nation through which all the nations of the world are one day going to be blessed. And so God establishes this covenant with Abraham, and Abraham and his wife Sarah, they have a son named Isaac. And Isaac marries Rebecca, and Isaac and Rebecca, they have, they have uh, twin boys, Esau and Jacob. Now, parents, how many of you have a favorite kid? They can't see you. Just go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Esau was, Jacob's fa- uh, was Isaac's favorite. Isaac just loved Esau. Esau was the, was the firstborn. He was red and hairy, kind of like Eric Crone. And... Um, uh, well, when Eric had hair. And, uh, the, uh, and uh, he was a great hunter, loved the outdoors. I mean, and he was, I mean, Isaac just loved Esau. Rachel, on the other hand, Rachel loved Jacob. Jacob was more of a homebody. He liked to stay back with mom. And, and Isaac loved Esau, and Rachel loved Jacob. Not the best parenting role models here, um, but, but it's important important to to kind of know this part of the story. Now, it turns out Jacob is not the best of brothers. Any of you guys have another brother? You're the best brother, right? Of course you are. Um, uh, Jacob's not the best of brothers. Uh, He's the second born of the twins. And on one occasion, he tricks Esau into selling him the birthright that belonged to the firstborn for a bowl of stew. Esau was that hungry and maybe not that bright. On another occasion, and we're going to look at this one in a moment, he conspires with his mom to steal the blessing that Esau rightly deserved as the firstborn son. And when he steals that blessing, I mean, that is just the final straw for Esau. And he makes a vow that as soon as his dad dies, he is going to kill his brother. So Jacob says, i got to get out of here. And so he takes off. And he goes to live with his mom's brother Laban for 20 years. He lives with his uncle Laban. Marries two of Laban's daughters, uh, Leah and Rachel. They have a bunch of kids together. Jacob becomes pretty prosperous living there with Laban. And then one day God shows up, 20 years go by, and God shows up. And God tells Jacob, it's time to go home. Time to make things right with your brother Esau. And so that's where we pick up the story. Jacob, his entire family, they've got 11 kids now. 12th one's going to be born later. Uh, All their herds, they are heading to meet Esau. And and Jacob's going real cautiously because the last time he saw Esau, Jacob had a price on his head. So they stop for the night on the banks of the Jabbok River. Uh, A river is a river that flows into the Jordan, kind of halfway between the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee. And they're camped there on the banks of the Jabbok River. And and here's what happens. You got your Bibles open? 
Genesis 32, verse 22. It says, that night Jacob got up, and he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons. Again, the 12th one's going to be born later. And they crossed the fort of the Jabbok. And after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower Jacob, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that the hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now, Jacob's going to discover later that this unidentified man that he is wrestling with is actually God. Jacob has spent the night wrestling with God. And it's not a dream. It's not a vision. Jacob went up the next morning with a very real dislocated hip to remind him that this was a physical wrestling match. And all throughout the night, God kind of holds back from overpowering Jacob, and Jacob refuses to give up. Now, don't miss this. God is the one who initiates the wrestling match. God, God started this whole thing because God is going to use this wrestling match to transform Jacob into who he was and to who God needs him to be so that God can, through Jacob, continue this restoration plan. God has a plan to use this, rest, this wrestling match as, as a transformation in Jacob's life. And it begins with this question, verse 27. The man asked uh, Jacob, uh, put it on the screen. The man asked Jacob, read it with me. What is your name? Say it again. What is your name? Now, it sounds like a simple question, doesn't it? What's your name? What's your name? It wasn't the first time Jacob had been asked that question. Uh, you got the Bible, you got your Bible open with you. Flip back a couple chapters, chapter 27. Uh, Isaac asked him the very same question. Uh, this is when he's stealing the, stealing the birthright. Um, Isaac knew that he was near death. And, and before he died, just one more time, he wanted to taste a meal, a fresh game prepared by his favorite son Esau after he'd gone hunting. And so he asked Esau, hey, would you go out on a hunt and kill an animal for me and, and come back? And just before I die, I want to taste it one more time. But while Esau's out hunting, Jacob's mom comes up with this idea. And, and she comes to Jacob and, and she says, listen, I got a plan. We're going to get Esau's blessing. And she dresses Jacob in, in Esau's clothes. She covers his arms with goat hair to make him feel hairy like his brother. And then she cooks a plate of, of stewed goat. She knows how Isaac likes it. She's been married to him forever. And she sends Jacob in with the goat, pretending to be Esau. And Isaac's eyesight is nearly gone at this point. And so he asks Jacob, he says, who is it? In other words, what's your name? And Jacob lies. He says, I'm Esau, your son. And I did just as you told me. I went hunting and I killed an animal and I brought it back and I made it. So please sit up and, and eat some of my game so that you might give me your blessing. And, and Isaac's old, but, but he, he hadn't lost it all completely. And he's just not sure because the hunt should have taken longer than this. 
And he pushes back a little and he questions it. And so Jacob draws God into the lie. Jacob says, oh, no, that went quickly because the Lord, your God, he, he gave me success. But Isaac's still not entirely convinced. And he asked him again, he says, are you really my son Esau? And Jacob just keeps lying, just keeps insisting. Did it all so that he could steal his brother's blessing, which he ultimately does. And all of this, it's just perfect in character for who Jacob has been his entire life. When, when the twins were born, try to picture this. When the twins were born, Esau came out first, but Jacob was right behind him holding on to the heel of his brother. Can you picture that? It's kind of gross when you think about it. And uh, holding on to his heel. And in fact, the name Jacob is kind of a play on the Hebrew word heel. It literally means one who grasps at heels. And this is who Jacob has been his entire life. He's been a heel-grasping wrestler. And he has lied, and he has cheated, and he has manipulated people. He did anything he needed to do to get a blessing, to get a birthright, to get ahead. He did it to his brother Esau. He's done it to his uncle Laban. And so now, after this night of wrestling, God comes to him with the same question his dad had asked him 20 years earlier, and God says, read it with me, God says, what is your name? But this time, he doesn't lie. This time, he tells the truth. He answers truthfully, Jacob, my name is Jacob. After a long night of wrestling with God, Jacob finally tells the truth. He finally admits who he is, who he's always been. It's as if Jacob finally is, is tired of pretending, tired of heel grasping, tired of wrestling. And, and he just humbly, and he just honestly says, I'm Jacob. I mean, that's who I am. That's who I've always been, a heel grasping wrestler. A liar, a thief, a manipulator. God, I've done things I'm not proud of. I've, I've stolen, I've lied, I've, I've done whatever it took. But that's who I am. My name's Jacob. And I imagine that God just smiles. Just smiles and thinks, finally, finally, you're ready for me to transform you and from who you've been and to who I created you to be. You see, the step that we need to take whenever we're wrestling with a decision or we're wrestling to be obedient, like to sit quietly and still on the front row while the preacher's talking, um, whenever we're wrestling, wrestling with doubts and, and with our faith, the step that we need to take is to be able to humbly and honestly admit where we are. To be able to say, I, I don't know what to do. And, and I don't know how to do it, although, although I hate confessing that to anybody. I don't want anyone else to know. And I'm not strong enough, and I'm not smart enough, and I'm tired of pretending that I am. 
And, and I've not always gotten it right. I have made mistakes. I have made so many mistakes so many times. I have stumbled and failed along the way. And I've got doubts I can't shake. And I've got questions that I can't answer. And I just can't do it by myself. And I'm tired of grasping. And I'm tired of wrestling. And I just need some help. And I got to tell you, amazing things happen when we reach that kind of moment of honest humility and we're willing to admit right where we really are. Uh, one of my very favorite stories in the Bible, and it's in the New Testament. Um, it, it's, it's recorded in the account of Jesus' life told by a young guy named Mark. And, and, and in the ninth chapter of the good news about Jesus, according to Mark, uh, Mark tells a story about a time when a dad brings his demon-possessed son uh, to Jesus. And this dad's at a point where he's tried everything to help his son, take, taking him to specialists, to, to, everywhere he could. N nothing has worked. And, and the dad's kind of at the end of his rope. And, and so the dad, maybe kind of even as a last resort, he brings his son to Jesus and he pleads with Jesus. It's in, in Mark 9. He says to Jesus, he says, if you can do anything, would you take pity on us and help us? And, and Jesus hears that. And it's almost as if Jesus only hears one word, if. And, and Jesus tells the dad, if you can, if you can, you know who you're talking to? I mean, I spoke the universe into existence. If you can. You know, come on, man. If you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. And then the dad prays what I am convinced is the most humble, honest prayer that has ever been prayed in all of human history. The dad prays, Lord, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. He's honest, he's humble, and you know how Jesus responds? He gives the dad the blessing, blesses the dad and his son. He heals the boy. Now, go back to Jacob's story. After a night of wrestling, God says, what's your name? And humbly and honestly, this heel-grasping wrestler says, Jacob, it's Jacob. And then God does a new thing, and, and he gives Jacob the blessing that, that he'd been asking for. He says, your name's not going to be Jacob any longer, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans, and you have overcome. And Jacob's eventually 12 sons, they become the 12 tribes of Israel, the nation through which all other nations of the world are one day going to be blessed. Uh, the name Israel, it, it actually means to wrestle with God, to, to contend with God, and for God to prevail. And, and you're going to see this if you stick with us as we keep making our way through the Bible. Uh, that's the story of Israel. They, they're just going to spend their whole history wrestling with God, and God always prevailing. And, and what we'll discover as, as we look at their story is that that's our story 
also. That we're constantly wrestling with God. Wrestling to make the decisions that we know God would want us to make. Wrestling to obey and to do the things we know that God wants us to do. Wrestling with our doubts and our questions and our faith. Wrestling to trust him. And we'll discover that when we humble ourselves and we get really honest, that that's when we receive the blessings that God has in store for us. You see, this is the heart of what it means to follow Jesus. It's not about religion. It's not about the way we do things. Uh, Following Jesus is simply about humbly and honestly admitting that we can't do it on our own. That, That we can't be good enough and we can't be smart enough and we can't be strong enough. That, 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 that we, we try and, and we wrestle and we grasp, but we just can't do it on our own. Following Jesus at his very heart, it's about just surrendering and getting really honest about who we are and where we are and trusting him to do for us what we can never do for ourselves. And when we do, we discover the blessing that in Jesus we find a way in which we can live forever and a better way that we can live today. And all we have to do is humble ourselves before him. You know, chances are right now some of you are wrestling. You're wrestling. Uh, Maybe it's the decision you need to make. Maybe it's, you know, you're trying to obey in some way, trying to be obedient. Uh, Maybe you're wrestling with doubts and and with faith. Uh, Maybe you're wrestling with the temptation. It'd be so easy just to give up or to give in. Uh, Maybe you've got questions that that you just can't answer. Uh, can, Can you really trust God? I mean, can you trust him with your relationships? Can you trust him with your kids, with your finances, with with your health, with your future? And, and, and you've been wrestling right now. Some, some of you are, are wrestling. So here's what I'd love for you to do, just to take a moment. If you're wrestling, and my, my guess is some, every one of us is wrestling in some way, if you would, just close your eyes for a moment. Just right where you're sitting, just close your eyes. Everybody, just close your eyes. And I want to invite you to take just a moment with your eyes closed To let this be time, this is just between you and God, nobody else in the room, just you and God. And, and just now, just you and God, just quietly, humbly, honestly, just, just admit, you don't have it all figured out, that you're not sure what you should do, that it's so hard not to give in to temptation. I mean, you know what you should do, and and you know what you shouldn't, but it's hard to resist. And if this is where you are, admit that your faith is not where it should be. Maybe it's not as strong as you want it to be. And, and you've got so many questions. And, and just, just between you and God, eyes closed, just go ahead and, and do what the dad did and ask Jesus. Say, Jesus, if you're able, would you show me which way to go? 
Would you help me follow your way to live? Would you strengthen my faith? Just go ahead, honestly, humbly. You can admit, tell them your doubts, your disappointments, your fears. And as you do, know this, he is able. He is so much more than able. Able to do more than you can begin to imagine. And it doesn't require perfect faith to receive his blessing. All it requires is a heart that wrestles humbly and and honestly. And so would you open your heart right now to receive that blessing from him? Lord Jesus, some of us in the room right now, we've been wrestling. We've got a big decision before us and we don't know what to do. We've got places where where we're not proud of what we've done, where we've given into temptation and we're trying so hard to keep keep on the right path. And and if we're really honest, and scary to even say it aloud, but really honest, we've got so many doubts. It's hard to trust you sometimes. And because of that, Lord, often we hide. We we, we find ways in, in which we just hide. We, we, we hide from one another and we hide from you. And, and Lord, in, in the quiet and stillness of this room, we want to come out of hiding. We want to get really humbly honest with who we've been so that you can transform us into who you created us to be. And, and we can discover the blessing that you have in store for each of us. So in the quiet and the stillness of this room, Lord, would you help us to come out of hiding?